Welcome to the 336th episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today, we are recording on May 14th, 2023. My name is Brad Galloway. I'm the editor of GameCritics.com, and I'm also 50% of this here show. With me is the man who's sick of the heat, Carlos Rodella. Oh, get us out of this heat, please. I'm dying, dude. I'm dying. We are in Seattle, where um, year by year, it's gotten warmer, and it's bad news, especially for people like me who like the rain and like cloudy weather. Same, same. Uh, I wouldn't mind it being 70 and misty. And that's my favorite thing. Uh, or even 60. But yes, we are dealing with a heat wave. Uh, the first of, I I don't even want to say it, the first of many, because that's what happens uh, The right first now. of the rest of our life. Well, the first of this summer, and that's what sucks, because we know it's not going away. No. And I come from, just real quick, heat tangent, uh, New York, where, I mean, I think it's this way still, rest of my recollection, when fall hits, which is like September, it becomes fall weather. And the leaves change and it's cool, blah, blah. Here in Seattle, and I don't know if this has always been the whole time, but at September, it's just as hot. It's normal no, summer. No, that's, that's global warming, dude. We didn't we didn't ever have to used to have that. Okay, that yeah. And then the way. Yeah. October last year, it was warm. It was still hot, dude. It yeah. was hot like in fucking November, dude. Not even kidding. It was hot in November. And then it's the whole up. thing just was, yeah, it's super fucked so up. So what means, that's why I'm so like bummed is because this is the beginning of the heat wave and it's May. And well, so we you know, just know. It's, it's like what, what people say about global warming, dude. This summer is the coolest summer of the rest of your life. So oh, I guess geez. just get used to it. I don't want to get used to it. We well, talk let's, about. <laughs> let's not stop fossil fuels, though. Let's keep burning fossil fuels. Let's do it. Let's do that. Yeah. Um, but what I was going to say uh, pre show, I was mentioning about going back to SF, and there's a real chance I might do it. Uh, at San Francisco. San Francisco, yeah. It's where I lived for a long time. And, and yeah, if anybody's wanting to go to a cool place, yes, it's expensive, but. As I was telling Brad pre-show, Seattle is just as expensive. It's like fucked up here. But um, there's this little place out in the outer Richmond where this fog comes in every night. And it is one of the only places I feel like in like uh, the country that has this kind of uh, temperature change where like in the morning and at night, it gets rainy and cool and breezy because of the ocean. Mm-hmm. So I just I want to go back to it. That kind of reminds me of Hawaii a little bit. I lived in Hawaii for a while and it was like, You'd get like these the breeze from the beach. I live pretty close to the beach too, so it was like you get the breeze and the rain, and then like it'd be cool. It'd be like really hot during the day, and then it would cool off at night. And depending on where you lived on the island, like the the mountains on the island would channel the wind certain ways. And so mm. if you were in a good spot, like it was actually pretty good, like pretty nice, like very, you know, tropical, but also just like cool. And you'd get like some mist, and it would be like a nice cooling mist because you were hot. And like it was all it was all very pleasant, you know. But you had to be like in the right spot though. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like I like that idea of like. Okay, you went through the warm day today, and here's your reward. A little, a little kind bit of, of mist. Yeah, kind of. So. Well, I'm calling the show Heat Tangent. I think that's what we call, should call this show. Okay. Well, I'm sure we'll talk about it again because I'm warm, and I have a portable AC that I just installed uh, this morning. You were working with your AC this morning. Literally just installed my AC this morning, yes. my You know, both of us using duct tape to like... Yep. bunch of duct tape, a yeah, lot. Get it uh, working, and mine's off right now because of the podcast, because it's loud. So I cannot wait until uh, I can turn it back on. Yeah, it's really hot. And I know other places are hot as well. I mean, you know, we're only like in 80 or something or 90 right now or whatever it is, but not 90. It's probably it's going to go to 90 today for sure. Will it? Yeah. Yeah. And I know other places are hotter, but like, you know, in the Northwest, 
we just this is not what it used to be like it used to be cool and gray and cloudy and like you know you could wear a sweater any day of the year and you'd be probably fine and now it's like it's hot it's hot just like every other place on this godforsaken earth so all right let's talk about video games you know what video games do is when it's hot outside you can lose yourself in a video game as long as your console doesn't melt from the heat right i gotta keep a little fan on my playstation oh yeah it's warm anyhow like the ps5 and xbox are well xbox i feel like is hotter we've talked about this before like i put my hand i put my hand above the xbox where the little vent is and it is always super warm it's, yeah, I mean, they're both really warm, but yeah, you could, I got a little grill on top of mine. It's really nice. I built a little pork chop on there before oh, I started yeah, doing some go. open world stuff. Yep. And by the time I'm done with my adventure, I got a little snack. The benefits of having Xbox Series X. It is. It sucks that the grease strips down, though. That's a problem. But, you know, it's it's a good trade-off. Right, because so you could do it with the Xbox, but you can't do it with the PS5 because it just has that plastic yeah, white case. Yeah, it does, doesn't work. So you got to yeah. cook your own food legit there. All right, anyway, let's talk about some housekeeping, folks. Uh, Carlos and I share a virtual living space divided down the middle of the strip of duct tape. That's right. It is housekeeping. And I forgot to mention, I'll mention it now. We do have a hard out today. We don't usually, but I have a meeting coming up after the show. So we might go a little quicker today just to make sure we get through everything before I have to leave. So just let's keep that in the back of our minds. And I do apologize ahead of time if this isn't the lengthy show that you might be expecting. It's fine. Um, yeah, Carlos, uh, I got a, I got like two things. One is pretty big. One is short. What do you got? Well, we only got three games each or two or three games each uh, for the show. It's a short show, so I have a lot of housekeeping. Uh, so okay. I try to get through a bunch of these boxes uh, in no particular order. But I did notice, um, I think this happened after we recorded last week, but Bloodborne was trending again, as, again. It, as it often is. But I have, uh, uh, or did I already make the prediction? Last you did make the prediction last week, yes. That it's going to be on the showcase. Place Would you like to showcase. predict again? I'm just re-predicting. Re-predicting. Uh, I think it's going to be May 28th, and it's going to be a PlayStation showcase, and they're going to show a bunch of stuff, and it's going to be Bloodborne uh, remaster, whatever you want to call it, for PS5 and PC. So I think that's going to happen. Okay, okay. I already said I mean, it I, then. I think that's very likely. I mean, I think it's been it's overdue, and I think people absolutely want it, and it would make perfect sense that they do it now. I mean, I think that's a pretty solid prediction. All right. Well, we, we've made it twice. Yes. Um, I saw a commercial. For, for emphasis, we've done it twice. Yes. <laughs> I saw a commercial that, again, I find things through TikTok or YouTube. I don't know where I originally found it, but then I went to YouTube and watched the actual full-length commercial because, hell, if I ever watch like a TV commercial nowadays. But they made a TV commercial for um, Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. With and I the businessman? Yeah, I thought it was very good. Uh, it was fine. Okay. I, I, yeah. I know ahead, it's kind of corny, ahead. but it's just like I like the idea of that simple thing, which I, I say in the show like all the time which I use video games for an escape, you know, and I use video games for just kind of a cathartic thing because life is so can drag you down. And so I know it's not hardcore like that, but it is like a guy businessman. It seems like he's just doing his regular businessman stuff, but then he finds Zelda and he's like, Oh, you know, you rediscover his, the right, imagination, right, right. blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. That was done kind of nicely. Well, I, I, I mean, I agree. But I, uh, so here's the thing. So you kind of recapped it. But specifically, if you haven't seen it, it is, like you said, a business guy. He's like, you know, sued. He's got a briefcase or something. I don't know what. But he's like, is he coming home on the train? He's coming home on a bus or on a, a train bus, or something yeah. like that. He gets home. And if I remember correctly, he's got like this like really nice house or big house or something. He's got like his, who I assume is his wife or whatever that he's like, hey, what's up? And, you know, doesn't give her very much infection, whatever. And it doesn't seem like a bad thing, but She's to me really it was weird. breaking it apart. Holy crap. It was weird. And so, but it, it looks like it could be a commercial for, like, life insurance. It could be a commercial for, like, Viagra. Or it could be a commercial for anything, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you don't really know. 
And then even when I when I googled, I'm like, is this the right commercial? Am I watching the right thing? I'm like, what's going on? And then he sits down, and then he's got this the the pro controller on his coffee table, and he starts playing Zelda. And then he like you know you can see on his face he's doing this restrained performance of like, oh my life is good again or whatever. Which is cool. Like I'm all bo- I'm on board with that. The thing that I think is weird to me, and I guess it's maybe not weird, is like that's life for so many people right now, and and the industry is just now catching up to that. Like I feel like we were eternally locked in the whole. Video games are for little kids and teenagers, and they're all fucking nerds. And if you play games, then you don't have a social life, and you probably don't even like football, and you probably don't even like sex, and you're so fucking weird that you like games. And it's just, that is so far removed from the reality. Like, everybody I know plays games these days. It, it is it is less common to find somebody who doesn't play games, even, even, even any kind of mobile, handheld, anything. You know, you go up to somebody and be like, oh, yeah, I play Madden. They're like, oh, yeah, I just see the new update or whatever. Like, like it's common. It's very common. Mm-hmm. And so it's weird to me that the industry is just now kind of coming around to the whole, why, yes, you can have a fucking job and still play video games. Those two things are not diametrically opposed. Like, like okay, like 10 years ago, let's get rolling, dude. Like, it okay. just, it's good, but like way overdue. But uh, let me just clarify and say it's not the industry's like coming around finally. It's just one com- commercial that a company. Well, the made. the, the ad. Let me. I, I apologize. Uh, let me specify the yeah. advertising industry or like the fact that they made a TV commercial. It is rare that you see grownups playing games on TV. I mean, number one, commercials are are few and far between these days. Streaming, et cetera, et cetera. But to see a big deal commercial like this, and it was kind of a. I don't know if I want to call it like an event commercial, but it was like, you know, everybody's talking about it. Really? Were, oh, my goodness. I didn't even know that. Oh, yeah, dude. My feed was full of this fucking commercial. Like, huh. And it was like everybody's talking about, oh, my God, you see the new commercial? Well, like it was a thing people are talking about. Um, and I'm like, OK, cool. But it's weird that PR is just now catching up to. Yeah. Adults do play fucking video games. No oh, okay. shit. Yeah. I, I, I'm almost a senior citizen still playing video games. OK, like we it's it's been a thing for a while now. I agree. No shit. This is interesting. It's taking a different turn than I thought. Um, and I'll get back to why I like it. But to, to your point, one, it's a one particular ad company that sure, made sure, this sure. one ad video. Sure. And so, like, there's not, like, a ton of these commercials coming out of, like, people finding video games for the first time. So then that would be a trend that's weird because you, you're right. Everybody plays games. It's not a thing at all. Uh, by the way, Jack Black just released a music video for playing too many video games. Oh, did he? And he did it with a YouTuber. I forgot his name. Who's, like, this really weird... Um, animator who's really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a cool collab. You should check it out. Just look, look up Jack Black video game music All video. Right. But so, yes, yeah, so of course, it's everywhere, right? Um, so, and again, this one company made <clears throat> this one ad for Nintendo. Sure, sure, sure. And Nintendo is kind of behind the times. Uh, God bless them or whatever. But I feel like when they do commercials, you know, it's like all the kids going out to the basketball court to play their switch while they're outside and playing basketball <laughs> and shooting hoops and yes. shooting hoops. No one's doing that. Right. Yes. So exactly. that's kind of par for their course. True. That is that's a fair point. That's a fair point. My other point is not even a point. It's just that what what I think they could have done with that commercial, too, is they could have just made it like a younger guy who's on the bus and doesn't have a nice house and has a shitty apartment or like a room like mine, which is just one room that's hot and sweltering. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then showing him escape to Zelda, then that's, you know, that's, I think, what they're trying to say. Yeah. It's just, it's not like, here's that escape. Because... It was just, like, too upscale to me. Like, it was too yeah, big I get and too that. fancy. And the I guy, like, he didn't even, like, he barely even acknowledged his wife. I'm like, what? Come on, You're dude. really like, stuck on that part. It bothers me that he just, like, kind of walked by her, gave her a high five or something and moved on. I'm like, what? Well, she, also, she was also like, okay, see you later. I'm going to bed. I guess. It was just, she it did. was weird to that. me. 
Yeah, it was. That was just, I, Wait, I, let's I, break I, apart this video even more. Um, <laughs> deep dive. Deep dive into that's what the whole podcast is. Um, no, no, but he, she did. She, uh, I don't know if you've ever been in those kind of relationships, and uh, how yours is now. But not to break that down as well. But I. Oh, geez, relationship cast. But I've definitely had like the relationship which I like, which is where sometimes you just want to stay up playing video games, and your partner's like, "Cool, I'm going to bed." Oh and yeah, for sure. It does like there's no problem with that, right? Oh yeah, but you give them a hug or something, give them a kiss, and then they go right. on the way, and that's totally fine. Just oh. not the just the two ships passing in the night yes, in that yes, little yes. kitchen scene was fucking weirded me out, dude. Wait, let's break it down even further. One, two, <laughs> two things are happening. One, they have a broken marriage, and she doesn't care about him anymore. That's so true. She's she's, like, they're both cheating with other people. Both yeah, of them are. it's over, right? The other one might just be like you know the the thrill's kind of gone, and so they're kind of on autopilot. You know? Oh God, this is depressing. Now this is getting super sad. That's really what this it is adding be. this terrible element to the commercial. Oh yeah. man, but I still liked it. And moving on. And well, let's let, let's stay on this topic for a second. Um, since we are talking about Zelda, uh, I'm not playing Zelda. And to be perfectly honest with everybody um, who has been asking me, uh, number one, game critics did not get a code uh, because we have been on Nintendo's shit list for like forever. So you're on Nintendo's uh, shit list and PlayStation's shit list. And Xbox's shit list. We have been blacklisted oh, all by all okay, three. Great, yeah. Great, great. yeah. I mean, for in, just to be just to be perfectly clear, I'm not going to name names here, uh, but Nintendo has always thought we were two small potatoes, which is weird because there are other places that are smaller than we are, but they always get like a nine out of them, right? So like hmm. they those people get codes all the time or like the Nintendo specific places. So whatever, that's fine. I'm not too bitter about that. I'm not complaining. But like, you know, and, and just for the record, Microsoft and Sony both blacklisted game critics because we give scores that are too low. I mean, that's been very overt. And in one cases, it was said straight out, we're not going to give any codes because you give us too low scores. Right. So fine, whatever, move on. But um, it is weird because we used to be in with all of them, especially Nintendo. They sent us a, um, got a GameCube when the game, before the GameCube even came out, they sent us a GameCube. And I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. And we like had a great time. Mm. Uh, but I guess you give one six and then that shit is all over. Anyway. Getting back to Zelda. We did not get a code for Zelda, so clear. I just want to be clear about that. And I did buy a copy, not for me, but for my wife. I was actually not going to buy it. I'm not in a Zelda mood right now. I probably will play it at some point. I'm just not in that space. But my wife is like, oh, my God, Zelda's coming out. And I'm like, oh, I didn't realize you were psyched for it. She's like, oh, hell yeah. And I'm like, okay, cool, cool, cool. So I got her copy of it. She started playing yesterday day before yesterday and i sat down to watch her because you know my wife plays on the big tv and like the whole family gather around and watch my wife play games it's real fun fun family activity mm -hmm. and um boy she turned on that game in record time dude like so interesting. fast she loved breath of the wild dude that was like i mean she didn't love everything about it she hated the weapon breakage because she's an intelligent yes, person fuck that thing and a couple other things she wasn't crazy about but she loved it like she finished it she did you know she didn't get like 3,000 Koroks or whatever the fuck it was. But, you know, she did, like, all the stuff, all the shrines and everything. You know, like, she she rinsed that fucking game, basically. Um, so she started playing Zelda yesterday. And, like, dude, it was just, like, I could see the smile melting off of her face in real time. Like, it was so crazy. What was the causes, do you know? Um, the causes are... So I asked her about that. I'm like, okay, you look like you're falling off this real hard. What's going on? And she's like, okay, so... Number one, there's like basically not not anywhere near enough tutorial or, or or intro to the game. She's like, I don't need this game to hold my hand, but like at least like give me a couple quick wins. Show me what I'm doing, basically, and then you can let me go. But she's like, I didn't know what to do at all from the start. Like, so she said, like, she was feeling like she was floundering from the beginning and she played Breath of the Wild. She knows Breath of the Wild. Like, she's not a noob or anything. Um, but then also she's like, I'm so sick of this fucking physics shit. Like, I don't know if you know this, but like 
they Nintendo must have seen the videos of people messing around with like the various physics things in Breath of the Wild. Like, yeah, it's like the bomb you know, stuff. Yeah, yeah, the bomb stuff, and like you get on a boulder and you whack the boulder, and then you time stop the boulder or whatever, and it takes off like a rocket. Like they must have really like saw how certain people. I'm not going to say all people, but certain people were really getting off on that. And if you like it, cool. But like that seems to be the focus of this game where she's like, I don't want to put things together. I don't want to yes. rig contraptions. She's like, all I'm doing is building stuff. She's like, I don't want to build anything. I want to just play the game. But that is the game now. And I'm like, oh, man, that's weird. I didn't anticipate that happening. And she's like, to be fair to my wife, she's like, you know, it's she's not against it. But she's like, if you want to do this, cool if, as an extra. But like she, she's spending most of her time like getting logs and gluing them together and then making a bridge, but it falls because the physics are, you know, you got to lay it just so. And then she's got this hook contraption that you got to put on a zip line and you got to make a platform that goes under it. And she's like, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. And I'm like, oh man, I feel, I feel bad for her. But I, you know, some people are like loving it and they think that's great. And if you like the wonky physics stuff, that's cool. Cause that seems to really be what this is about. But I think if you were expecting maybe a more traditional Zelda, there's a lot of this other stuff on the plate that maybe you weren't expecting. So, well, yeah. Let me add two things to that. Um, one, yeah, it feels like it's Minecraft plus Zelda, right? A little bit, yeah. You know what bit, I mean? Yeah. And then, um, you know, I think that, um, what was I going to say about the Minecraft part? Yeah, I just, I mean, there's a ton of people who want to do that. But for me, I just want to like know the adventure and go on the adventure and have it be done. I, I don't know that that is this game this time anymore. I don't, well, I don't, I don't think, think that's is. what it's doing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I heard this that made me very like, I like this concept, although it was just like on a YouTube video, who knows? But someone said like Breath of the Wild was the convergence of all of the different reality of links. You know how that that's the the story? Oh the, man, the meta I couldn't story. care less okay, about let, that. Let me just tell for the go listeners because I've already mentioned now. But like there's supposedly like a long time ago, there's, you know, something that happened where there was going to be many, many reincarnations of Zelda and Ganon and Link. And so that's what all the games are. They're all kind of different, like a Final Fantasy. And so yeah. Breath of the Wild supposedly is the convergence of those. And Tears of the Kingdom is the breaking apart of that idea, meaning like there would no longer be reincarnations. Uh, and I was like, that's interesting man. to me, but that's all. I just thought That to me is not interesting at all. And I feel like this is, this is a Dark Souls thing where there's this thing in Dark Souls where people, like developers are people, right? And they say this, uh, I was actually listening to Gary Butterfield and Cole Ross on bonfire side chat and i love those guys i love those guys are great uh go check out their podcast wonderful people um, but i was listening to their breakdown of elden ring and they were going through um chunk by chunk of elden ring so it's going to take them nine years to get through dis- dissecting each area right yeah. and so anyway but like the thing that they talk about in the show which i love that they talk about because i've talked about it too and i love to be validated uh don't we all um is that sometimes FromSoft is just they're just human beings right like not every single thing they do is a masterstroke of 4D chess that is a game for players to figure out, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes they just grab a dragon because they need a boss. They stick it in a room. There's no reason for it. There's no lore. There's nothing special about the room. There's nothing special about the dragon. They just needed a boss fight there. They didn't want to make a new boss battle. They were releasing in six months or whatever. They can't. They don't have time. They stick a dragon. And then the community goes fucking ape shit trying to figure out who's this dragon? What's his backstory? What's going on? Is he reincarnation with somebody else? Like whatever. But sometimes it's just it just is what it is, right? Yeah. And that's how I feel about Zelda, where I hear these people where it's like, oh, but which game comes first? And this link is this other one, and this is in the past, and this thing, and he found this artifact. And I, like, no, none of that. Nintendo doesn't give a shit about that. Like, they just made Zelda games the way that they wanted to make them, period. End of end of story, full stop. 
And people in the audience are just like, no, 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 there's a, there's a secret through line. There's there's all this stuff that's going on. And like, no, there's not, dude. There's there's literally not. There's no order to them. It's just a bunch of games. And just enjoy them. Just enjoy them for what it is. There, there isn't always like a hidden layer to it. I agree. And also I um, have an asterisk of it doesn't really matter, though, even if they are doing that. Because, you know, A, life is hell. Uh, or it can be. And so, like, anything we can do to distract sure. ourselves. If, if this is fun fine. for you, go for it. You know what I, I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yes. That's my first thing. And then secondly, you know, I think it's also just inherent in humans to, like, try to figure out things out. Oh, sure. Even if oh, there's sure. nothing there. You know, sure. like, you could just be, like, in a room with some box over there and you're like, wait, what's that about? You know, you know. Anywho, okay. I mean, I agree. I agree. I just think that some people take it too far. And then when they start getting aggressive and shitty online, I feel like it's way too far. That's the point of it, right? So you could do whatever you want and have all these fun little stories. It's aggressiveness is the the bad part of it. So I don't think anybody's being aggressive with the Zelda timeline idea. Um, Oh, bro. You you have not been on the right message boards. Well, there's people who go nuts over this shit. Maybe we just stumbled upon the answer. I'm not on those message boards. Well, that's, that must be the answer then. Yes. Right? So just don't be on them, and then you don't get aggravated. I don't know, because I'm not on shit for when it comes that's, to message That's boards. wise advice. That is wise advice. It kind advice. of is. Okay, moving on. I have two more things. Um, this is very interesting, and I'm kind of excited about it because it's a hot day out. I'm going to play video games inside with my hopefully portable air conditioner working normally. But because I had this Dead Island 2 uh, review on the show, and then I talked about it on my other podcast, A Lot of Things Podcast. It's come yeah. back. Um, and then I put some of those videos on TikTok, and I got all these comments about people basically telling me to get good, and you know, Dead Island 2 is amazing. <laughs> and uh, it's supposed to be hard, you know, whatever. But um, I thought for fun and for this podcast, I'd go back to the original and see if it was the same. Because I know that it was, you know, and Wikipedia or whatever it's called. Wikipedia? <laughs> Wikipedia. <laughs> Wikipedia. Um, Wikipedia. Wikipedia. Oh get, get that domain name before someone else grabs it. Wait, Wikipedia? <laughs> no, I think that is one already. There are, that's already one, yeah. Um, already anyways, one. it says, like on the internet, that they did level scaling, just like in Dead Island 2. Ah, uh, okay. I don't remember it. And also, I remember it being much easier. Or like, there wasn't these like you know, skull above the head for no reason, zombies that looked all the same. Right, But you can't beat those. So I went to my PlayStation, and I went to see, like, the sales. And Dead Island 2, or Dead Island 1, Definitive Edition, which I didn't play, by the way, because remember, I played the original. Is that just including all the DLC, or what's And an upgrade a little bit. Like, I think they did something to the graphics. I guess it's probably 60, you know, uh, FPS. And so it's $3 right now. $3? $3. Wow. On PlayStation. That is a great deal because Dead Island 1 is a great game. And for it's a $3, great game. If you never played it. That's awesome. Okay, so again, I don't know what it's on Xbox. I don't know what it is on Steam. But currently, I'm looking at it right now. It's $2.99 on PlayStation uh, PSN. So I got it right before this podcast started. And so as soon as it's over, I'm going to go try it out and see if I was right. That's but- awesome. I'm very curious to hear um, about that because I had a great time with it back then. And I no, it doesn't stick out in my mind about level scaling and that's usually something that bothers me yeah so i don't okay so like it's it's always hard to do these hey remember something you did 15 years ago like that's really tough um maybe they added level scaling later maybe they maybe they tweaked the level scaling at some point i don't remember that being a complaint of mine back then uh but then again it's been many years i should probably go back right to my review and see what i wrote about it maybe i would remember something i don't remember now it's hard to say and i don't want to put my foot in my mouth but i just i just 
out of the things to remember about Dead Island, that was not one of them. I like doing this for the podcast. We don't do this enough is going back to games, you know, even though we say it in the title all the time, uh, new or old or whatever. So I'm going to go play this. You go look at your old review and the next episode we'll talk about Dead Island. Yeah, I'll make a note. Let me make a note on it. I'll, you should because I'll, I'll forget. I mean, Dead you could Island. also go to PlayStation and find the 299 sale and get it too, but if because it's not the same as the one we have. I think it is some things improved on it. So That would be curious. I will say that I did not care for the DLC, though. I thought all the DLC was junk. Um, but the main game, sweet stuff. Very all good right. stuff. We're running out of time, so I'm going to say one last thing. Um, and I'll save the rest for later. Everybody, I was looking at the views of our podcast and stuff, and listens, I mean. And people really like their parrying episode. So they did. Were they just mad about it? No, it's not like tons of comments. It's more just like a lot of views, a lot of listens. So I'm just wondering, maybe we have to bring a pairing conversation back to a new show. No, 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 no more how, pairing. It seems For to be God's popular. sake, no more pairing. No. Yeah. Um, All right. Anything else? No, that's it. Okay, I got one. I got one thing here. Yeah. What do you got? Um, so super fan Elio Capitelli wrote in. Thank you, Elio. I love getting a message from Elio, and they write in every every so often, and it's always just such a pleasure. To hear from them. Although this was incredibly bad news, and I was very sad and heartbroken, although I am not a person who ignores the truth, and so I will embrace this and just accept it. Uh, Elio says, Hello, gang. I did some Googling, and it seems that Brad's review of Lords of the Fallen is not the first recorded instance of the word Souls-like, which is making me very sad. Uh, His review was published on November 13th, 2014. And a, a Google search with proper filtering uh, retu- returns a few other articles just a bit earlier. Uh, there's one about Ar- Bloodborne at the time in June 2014, so a couple months before mine, uh, which is from Italy, it looks like, because it says Ante Prima Bloodborne, uh, Ante Prima del Nuovo Souls Like D from Software. So I'm assuming that's Italian, uh, which is probably why I wasn't aware of it, because it was in Italian. Uh, and then. The other one that he found, November 3rd, so literally 10 days, just 10 days before mine, Mm. Rock Paper Shotgun published a review of ITER, E-I-T-R, and the term Souls-like was in their tagline as well, just like mine was. So they beat me to the punch by just a little bit more than a week. Uh, There's a little bit more. It says also a Twitter search of restricting other dates, blah, blah. I'm going to skip a little bit. They wrote a lot, so I'm not going to read the whole thing. Uh, There's one that linked to a YouTube video that explicitly said the term. That is the earliest mention Uh, And by this, I say uh, souls-like that is not meant as a typo, as in like souls hyphen like. Um, That was on February 13th, 2014. The video is now unavailable, however. uh, And it looks like it was a trailer for Lords of the Fallen that that gave them the idea to say that it was souls-like. Oh, interesting. So again, Lords of the Fallen seems to be the trigger point for basically everybody. Yes. So Elio says, there you have it. A few people coined the term independently, which is not surprising. The earliest I could find, February 13th, from Twitter user Jackie O. The video is no longer available. Uh, and in print from Francesco Facetti, which is in everyeye.it, the Italian one, talking about Bloodborne. So there was a few people that beat me to the punch. I accept my defeat gracefully. All right. Uh, but I, I will say that I still was on the vanguard of it. I was definitely on the yes. early edge. So I'll take that credit. But also, thank you, Elio. That was a lot of research. That was a lot of, of legwork you had to do, and I greatly appreciate it. So I appreciate you. And thank you for popping my bubble. And thank you for bringing nice. the truth to this podcast. Because if nothing else, we speak the truth. Facts. And I'm glad. Facts. We are all we only deal in facts here. 
And I appreciate it. So thank you very much, Elio. And now the mystery has been solved. Thanks for tracking it down. Uh, unfortunately, bum, 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 bum. Yeah, I'm but um, I, you know, I believe in collective conscious. So I think you know there's scientific breakthroughs that happen all at the same time in in, in different That's places. That's true. That's true. So you all, everybody was just kind of thinking about souls like, and it came out, and you were part of it. That was very true. It's also kind of like when. Um, when games all come out at the same time, like, you know, like there'll be like, oh, there's a ninja themed game that also has you riding a fox or something. And then somebody else will have like a ninja themed game where you're riding a fox. Right. Like there'll be like two or three games. And I'm always, I always make the comment of like, was there just a game jam or something? Because everybody's got the same kind of game coming out at the same time. No. Um, maybe it's just like parallel evolution in some way. I don't know. I'm not well, sure I'll, what spurs it on. But. I'll tell you exactly what it is, but you can either believe it or not. It's fine. But we're all quantum, quantumly entangled. Oh man, it's just—it's very easy if you just look up quantum physics and uh, it's quantum entanglement. And so there's no way that we're not all entangled. It's and it's silly. That's why I get so mad at um, divisiveness and um, you know anger and and uh, all the mean things that people do to each other because we could just be nice to each other because we're kind of being nice to ourselves if we think of it that way. Um, that's why that whole you know Jesus quote whatever. Jesus quote. That's what they call him. The Jesus quote. Which you one? Know, Jesus quotes. Or like, be nice to your neighbor, or whatever it is. Do unto others. Yeah, that one. You would right? have those do unto you. It's you because bet. he should have added, or they should have added the asterisks and said like, because you're quantumly entangled. Because <laughs> it would have made sense. Like you it would have blown oh. so many minds back then. They've been like, been... what's the word quantum? But um, what is entangled? Yes. Anyways, let's move on to video games. It's let's already getting on. hot in my apartment. Yes. All right, folks. So full disclosure, it's been a crazy week for me. I don't know about you, Carlos, but I, I've been extremely busy with like real world stuff, like my house. Um, like there's been a lot of like construction things going on. Been very busy. So I, I, I'm not on my game today. I feel like I'm a little bit discombobulated. I don't have everything in the nice smooth package. Um, I think let's change it up a little bit because I think actually you're bringing the bulk of stuff to the show today. Um, let me go first. Let me get one out of the way really quickly. And then let's focus on yours because I feel like yours are all juicier than mine. Is right. But the bulk is like two games. Because, that is what I'm saying. It's, yeah. a, it's a small bulk. We're both going to be talking about the FMV, right? So We will. I'm going to save that one for a little bit later. Let me talk okay. about this first one. Just get it out of the way. Um, it's called The Creepy Syndrome. Uh, and it was sent to me by the publisher. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm playing it on the Switch. This is an, it is a very interesting thing. If nothing else, let me say it's a really interesting thing that I would love to see more of. Basically, this is a game that is made up of four different small horror games. Now, I didn't do a whole lot of research on this because we don't do research here. Mm -mm. But it seems to me that these four mini games, which have been collected under the umbrella of the creepy syndrome are all from different people. I, if you had to ask me, I would say, yes, these are all totally different people, totally different developers. I feel like this is like somebody went out and found micro horror games and just collected them and made a, a little anthology. Oh which yeah. Which is cool. Yeah. yeah. It's cool. And I saw this pop up even on uh, consoles, like on Xbox and PlayStation. Yeah. 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 It's on, it's on, I think it's on everything right now. So I think that's a great idea. The anthology concept for video games. I'm 100% down. 100%. Yes. Like an A24 game, like yes. with a bunch yes. of different like indie yes. stuff would be awesome. 100%. So uh, that's why I was so excited. I was like, oh, neat. Okay, cool. Like, I don't want to play 20 hours of a horror game, but I will play one hour of a horror game. And let's, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, different approaches. So I just want to be really clear. I love this approach. And I really want the publisher to try this again. And I really want to see more of this from other people, too. This is a great idea. I love the anthology approach. So just to be super clear, thumbs up to that. Um, the actual games themselves in the Creepy Syndrome, 
not a fan of. Uh, it didn't really come together. So let me, there, there's four of them. One of them is a first person. It almost looks like it's going to be a dungeon crawler, but what ends up happening is you're literally walking in a straight line and just reading some script and like nothing really even happens. And so it just doesn't feel very convincing or scary or I'm not even even sure why they even did it. And when you get to the end, it's kind of an ambiguous ending. So that one didn't work for me. Um, the second one was a giant clusterfuck because it looked like an Atari, like literally, literally an Atari 2600 game. Your character was like four pixels and you're in screens that were like the tree is like five pixels and the house is like 10 pixels, right? Like it's like super, super, super basic, which is totally fine. I'm totally fine with that. But the problem was they didn't give you enough instruction and I got stuck on the very first screen. In fact, I got so stuck. I had to email the publisher and be like, I don't even know how to play this. I'm not sure what's going on. And it was crazy simple once I knew what to do, but I just didn't know what to do. Um, and I'll just spoil this right now. So like you start on the screen and your little pixel detective, he, he pulls up in his pixel car and he's like, hey, there's been some murders in the area. I should probably investigate. And then as soon as you start playing, like a, a pop-up pop-ups and says, push, push A to interact. And I go, okay. So I interact the car. He's like, no, no, I just got her. I can't leave in the car. Okay, good. And I'm looking around the screen to interact with something and there's nothing to interact with. And I'm clicking on, like, randomly clicking on trees, clicking on rocks, clicking on dirt. It's all, like, pixels, right? Mm -hmm. This blue pixel is like a rock. I'm going to click on that. Nothing. I can't walk to the left, can't walk to the right. I don't know what's going on. It turns out that all I had to do was walk down. But it didn't look like you could walk down. It looked like just a screen. Like, there was nothing visually there to suggest that I could walk down. Mm -hmm. um, and so I got stuck because I didn't. I never tried it. I got close, but I never pushed. And because I didn't go left or right the way that it looks like you're supposed to go, Nothing was there. And so I was like, I don't even know how I'm supposed to progress. So a little bit more direction would have helped. But once I got into the game, um, I mean, it was fine. It was okay. This is probably one of the better ones, I think, um, once I got unstuck. Uh, the next one was, oh gosh, what was the next one? I can't even remember the next one. And the last one was one that was uh, had some really nice graphics to it. But basically what you were doing was like walking through a house turning off lights and there was a monster that was kind of chasing you. It was really short and it didn't really feel like it had much of a point to it. So I don't mind like the short story horror approach, but like they got to be sharp. Like, I mean, that's really the trick with like short stories in general. You can take a big idea and put it into few words. And I say this as someone who's written multiple short stories, um, but you have to have a point. Like you got to get to where you're going and you have to be very judicious of what you're doing. And so Everything that you write in a story has to lead to something and then you want to have it pay off in a good way. Same thing for games. Like it's a lot of these felt like they were just chunks of larger games. They didn't really feel like a fleshed out thing that was just small. You mm. know what I'm saying? Like it just felt like, oh, here's here's a piece and there should be three more pieces to it, but they're not here. And I just didn't like none of them were very satisfying. None of them were very. Um, I don't know. I just there's just none of them really captured. Oh, I remember the last one. The last one is you're in a room and you're doing a point and click thing. Uh, where you're like, oh, grab object and use object on other object. It was kind of like a really clunky point and click thing, which I was like, oh, no, no, thank you. Um, so I, I didn't end up liking any of the games on their own, but I do really love the concept and I really want them to do more. Like if there was a creepy syndrome too, all new games and it's just like everyone was just like plus five in quality, like that would be amazing. And I would yeah. I would really love to do that again. So this one didn't work, but I'm not saying it's a failure. I'm just saying you got to try again and just different games next time. Cool. Yeah, and they've actually uh, is it Boomfire? It seems like it is Boomfire Games. Yeah, uh, they've done other stuff too. So um, okay, it seems like like you said, it's a collective of 
styles, but I'm wondering if it's the same developer just doing a bunch of different styles, which is interesting. I mean, maybe because they all seem radically different. I yeah. mean, I wouldn't. They, they look like they're from different developers. So. I love the concept, like you said. It you know, it still comes down to the game itself. Was is the experience interesting and fun? Yeah. Um, but also, I just looked up like googled creepy syndrome, mm-hmm. and there's like a lot of crazy. Um, you know, really difficult things that people deal with. I don't know if this game does that, but like, it would be interesting to have a game that does not just horror, but like talks about the syndromes that people have kind of like Hellblade, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. There's lots of room to explore um, all sorts of things like that. And we haven't really traditionally done that because it's difficult to explore mental health when your only interaction is shooting something. So I definitely think that we can branch out and do more with other types of interaction. So I agree with you there. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're onto something there. So, all right. Um, okay, so oh man, I'm so discombobulated. We have we can talk about the FMV game we played, or we can talk about some of the ones that you played. What is what's your biggest? Survivor? I only have two games. I keep saying no, Trinity that. Trigger. Trinity Trigger. I have Trinity Trigger, and I have Jedi Survivor. I wanted to go Je- back to Jedi Survivor, and then we talked about. Okay, let's talk about and the FMV. Me and the Dragon Prince. Yeah, let's the talk FMV. about Mia. So for that's a three. That's three. Uh, what do you want to do? We'll talk about Mia for a second. Both okay, of us can talk that. about it. You want to lead off? Um. Yeah, I guess. Oh no! Yeah, there's a there's an oh no. Oh no! Okay, go ahead. Because we love. So I will launch in saying that we love Wales Interactive. We do. They're the developer of this FMV and many others. The last one was. Did they do ten dates? Uh, so so there's, um, there's Goodgate Media. Goodgate Media made the game, and Wales Interactive is publishing. We right. Okay. That. That's thank you. So then, wait. Do do we like many different developers then? Because it's just. Well, Wales we do, is the publisher. I think we like the the games that Wales chooses because they are definitely choosing a lot of good ones. So okay, we, we like their taste, that's for sure. Yeah, but and I, yes, um, Goodgate did do ten dates as well. Okay, I thought so because some of them seem like it's the same vibe, you know, mm-hmm. with the actors and stuff. Yeah. So ten dates is the last FMV I played. I'll just say that I really enjoyed, um, and actually like felt like I made a good connection with. Yeah, a you love person. that one. Yeah. yeah. Kind of still wish I was like dating that person, but she's not. <laughs> you really... can only replay the game. I guess I can look up the actor and be like, hey, "No, what's don't up? do that. That's creepy. That is That's super creepy. creepy. That's a creepy syndrome. Creepy syndrome. There you go. Circling back. I'm not doing that. Um, so I was, you know, excited to like this one. What this is, it's a little bit different because they do a backstory. It's an adventure kind of game, right? So you're yeah. taking uh, these actions and making these choices for a character. Um, did we even say the title of this game? I think we forgot. This game the title. is called Mia something. I don't know. Mia and the Dragon Princess. There you go. And that story about the Dragon Princess and stuff is told through animation in the beginning. Yes. Uh, and like kind of cutout style, which that I caught liked. me by surprise. Yes. It did catch me by surprise. But it's one of the reasons why, uh, spoiler, inevitably I didn't enjoy this game. What? Yeah, I know. Oh, I know. Man, I'm surprised. It's fine. We can have different opinions. That's what we do. We cannot. But we, we can on this one because what it did is it set up this expectation of like, and I've seen other games do this, where like the style is a little different for the intro. Yeah. They're like, okay, I'm just going to tell you the story because we're not going to spend the budget on doing this like, you know, ship scene and something. Yeah, like we're that. not going to make all these sets and stuff. No, right? we're going to tell you it really quickly. Then it just, the, the hard juxtaposition of going directly into what we know and love generally is not like the highest production value uh, filming, right? I mean, it's yeah. there's some good camera work and stuff like that, but it's just you can tell it's um, it's just not uh, even in it, like a highly produced indie film. It's just it's it is what it is. Anyways, it just goes hard into the fact that you're now following one of the characters from that story. Uh, I think it's supposed to be the Dragon Princess. Is that right? Nope. 
Oh, okay. I don't know who it is. It's somebody, <laughs> but uh, it seems like, you know, she's out of time. And it just says like, okay, now someone from that cutscene that we just talked about is in this real world. And now you're going to make these choices for this, you know, protecting this woman who's kind of doesn't know where she is. And you uh, kind of control this woman who works at a bar. I forgot her name. Mia. Mia. Right. The, the whole the game is named after. Yeah. I don't. I don't know what Dragon Princess is not is not the name of the other character. The other either. character. I don't know okay. why they chose that. It's I don't either. A neat name. Yeah. Either way, you're you're controlling. You know the the actions. At least whatever I played of Mia and kind of protecting this this woman who's kind of like out of place and out of time that you feel like is from the cutscene you just watched. If that's confusing, it kind of is. Um, but here's why I ultimately didn't like it, and then I'll let you rephrase all that stuff in a light, <laughs> in a positive way, is because one, they again that the intro really did kind of rub me the wrong way because now it just is so much more glaring of what this game is, and it's not that at all. It's not even a video game; it's just kind of a full motion video thing, you know. Sure. Um, so I didn't like that, that through me so much because now I've got to believe in this thing and I don't believe it at all from what I'm film, what it's filmed like. And then secondly, like I just, like the, the acting was a little bit cringe for me because well, the acting in 10 dates made sense and it was a little FMV, whatever I want to call it, you know, filming. Um, it, this one, it just felt like everything that main actress was doing was overacted and even her expressions and stuff like that. And maybe later on you'll tell me there's a reason for that. But, you know, she's this woman who's in a uh, hospital gown and she's reacting to everything like crazy because she doesn't know where she is. She's from a different time. But it just felt overacted and cringe, and I just didn't care about anything. Oh, wow. I'm very surprised that you bounced off this. I thought this one was great. I had a really great time with it. I thought it was really fun, and I liked it a lot. I thought for sure you were going to be with me on this one. I'm so surprised. I know. And when I was doing it, I was like, am I going to have to be – the opposite of Brad on the on a oh, Wales game. I so, am very surprised. So obviously, you give me your take, but also I didn't, you know, play it very long, and I know you beat it a couple times. I beat it like three times. Yeah. So. Um, but just answer that one question for me. Like, you didn't think that that kind of threw you off when you saw the cutscene, and then you went to stark reality that it's like a super super indie. Film? I mean, I was surprised that they chose to go with animation, and it is pretty cool animation. Um, but it didn't bother me. I mean, I know that lots of people do that same thing where they animate one style. I mean, it's not it's not recommended. I don't like it. I would rather that the style be cohesive. But, you know, like we said, they're not going to build a ship. They're not going to build a giant animated Kraken. They're not going to build whatever, like, fake iceberg so that they can film the intro. So I get it. Probably very small budget on this thing. Um, and I appreciate that they even did an intro. They could have easily just not done an intro, but it didn't throw me the way it threw you. I mean, not my preferred, but I thought it was fine. It well, I'm just, yeah, I'm just to clarify. Um, I think if they didn't have an intro, it would have been better because I would have known, okay, yeah, there's an FMV game. It's a Wales game. Like, and then, I mean, this, but you knew that going into it though. I sent you, I sent FMV in the text. You knew no, it was no, no, FMV no, no. Game. I mean, like, I knew it was that. I'm just saying, like, you watch it start with like some creepy music and maybe like some text that says like all that stuff that we just saw, but it's just the juxtaposition is so different. I don't know. It really bothered me anyways. Uh, Well, it didn't bother me. So basically me and the dragon princess is an FMV game, just like most FMV games. You know, you watch some real, real life actors doing some stuff and then you make a couple choices and then there's a couple stats. Although I didn't really find that the stats mattered all that much. There's also like a streamer mode. If you want to like stream this and like it'll pause so you can get some comments from your your viewers, which is pretty fun. Um, I don't stream anything and I don't watch streams, but I can imagine that being pretty fun. Um, 
So I thought this was actually really a good time. I enjoyed this one quite a bit. I, I you know, the, the intro was strange. And I will say that there's a few parts that I feel like could have been done a little bit better uh, just to kind of more properly set up the player. When I read some comments about this after I had finished it three times just to see what other people had thought, uh, a common thread that came up was people felt like they didn't explain enough about the story. And I have to kind of agree. Um, I finished the game three times and I got three different endings. And at no point in the those endings or through the game did I figure out how the main character got to oh, in this game? That's so for, terrible. So, here, so here's what happens: like you, the main character is Mia. She's a barmaid in a London pub, which has a history of pirate activity in it, and that's where most of the game takes place. So it's interesting that they set most of the activity there, and I thought it kind of worked out pretty well. But but what happens is the the other main character is. Um, Oh, I forget her name. She has a name. name. She's from Indonesia, I think, because she speaks Indonesian in the game. And she is a pirate from like 300 years ago. And she shows up. She's wearing a hospital gown and you don't know where she came from and you don't know how she got there and you don't know how she survived for 300 years. I kept waiting for there to be like a time portal or cryogenic chamber or something. And like, I just I never found out. Where did you come from? How did you get here? How are we even having this adventure with you? So that to me was like the biggest thing of like, I just, I wasn't clear about how we were starting off this adventure. Um, and that's a pretty big, like you need to explain to the player where she's from and what, what's going on because yes. you show her in the cutscene on the high seas with her crew of female pirates pillaging, um, I don't know, the China sea or something. And the next she's in a hospital again in modern day London. And I don't know how she got there. So that to me was like the biggest problem that they didn't solve. And I kept waiting um, to see how that happened, but they never got to, or maybe I didn't find the right ending, but I mean, I feel like finishing something three times is plenty and I don't need to keep, you know, oh, yeah. for, for something as basic as that. So that's and my I only, one, I do once and it's canon. Yeah. Well, see, I was going to do the one canon ending because I usually do like that, but I got a bad ending the first time and I was like, okay, no, I need to at least, I need to see more than this. And I'm glad that I did because you can have multiple endings i think there's 10 overall in the game some are good some are bad some stop a lot earlier than others and so there you can miss out on quite a bit of game if you get a bad early ending i mean there's still like a lot left you didn't see so i went back and i will say i thought this was quite fun i thought the performances were all really good because they were kind of tongue-in-cheek and silly not too silly it wasn't comedy but there was definitely laugh there was more laughs than i thought i laughed quite a bit when i was going through this um, I thought the fight scenes were actually really good. I thought the fight scenes were excellent for uh, an FMV game, uh, and I don't and I don't mean that as negative praise. It's not supposed to be a backhanded compliment. I mean, I thought they were they were quite good. I don't know the the name of the actress who plays the I, uh, the Indonesian pirate, but she yeah. kicks ass. Like she's a really good fighter. I thought that well, was really cool. I just want to give her a shout out real quick. So the name is Marshanda. Marshanda, that's yeah, what I was saying. And you. played by Noah Bleeker uh, and Dita Tang Tang Tang, I believe. So I believe that Dita is Marshanda. Yeah, she was awesome. I thought she was really cool. I thought she was a great fighter. And just, I mean, and and the whole thing going through the game of Mia being the modern day barmaid with Marshanda, the pirate out of time. um, They don't speak the same language for most of the game for like 90% of the game. They don't speak the same language. And so that was an interesting uh, mechanic as well. But it had this like really cool Goonies vibe to it where you're finding little tunnels and you're going on an adventure. And do you want to get the treasure or do you want to solve the trap? And there's a cool booby traps and stuff. And it was just like very Goonies like. Um, obviously a smaller scale, smaller budget, but I thought everybody was leaning into the roles and everybody did a good job. And I just, I just thought it was like a lot of fun. I had a great time with it. Wow. Yeah. I think the, the biggest thing is that like, if you're doing an FMV game like this with a limited budget, which is essentially what we got to talk about. Cause like, and I'm, um, 
my eyes keen to this kind of stuff because they, you know, in the bar, it's like this one room that it's not even a bar. It's probably a set. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. For and sure. like, they don't leave that, like you said, for a lot of it. And then, uh, the actresses who played like the little wedding party or whatever they were doing, like bachelorette party, the, the hen party. As okay. It's, known. it's yes. just all, like the acting was cringe and in, in places like with the other people that are around. And then the fact that it's like a theater production, I felt like a theater production. That's, I know sure, it sounds pretty sure. rough, but, um, if you're going to do that, you know, like I feel like 10 dates works because you're owning the small spaces, but this is such, and this is back to my early, earlier point, And believe me, I love them, but I'm just saying developer and publisher, these are critical, you know, thoughts is that you have to own that space. 10 dates does because it knows it's small. So it has these little speed date things that are at a table and you know, it's going to be a little table and that's it. And you just got to focus on the conversation not the grand design or, or story. But if you're going to do something like this, I just feel like you've got to do it in a bigger budget because as it stands, it's a cut scene. And like you said, I don't know what the fuck's going on with this girl. And it sounds like you don't ever really. I don't know. either. Yeah, I don't know. And then you're in a theater set doing these decisions. And so that's why I feel like there's a, a disconnect there for me. Like with the other games, it didn't feel that way. And by the way, even one of them was like at a, a mansion member. And it was like all set in this like huge mansion. And that one felt more like creepy and real because they were filming in this huge building. Um, I don't know. I think that's, yeah. and, and even the fight scenes are interesting. I, I, I definitely didn't like a lot of the acting. Oh, that's a bummer, man. I really like this one a lot. I mean, I, I would have appreciated a little bit more interaction. I felt like the choices were pretty limited. Um, and so I would have liked, um, I mean, to be fair, there are there's lots of branches, right? Like I'm I'm not saying it doesn't branch, um, but I know that some people were like, oh, it feels like you're on rails the whole time. And the first time I played, I'm like, okay, that felt pretty on rails. But when I went back to change, not I mean, it, some things were were more drastic than others. Some people got killed right off the bat, and some people made it all the way to the end. Some people, you know, some things changed. Like it wasn't as huge like until dawn, like gigantic branching thing. To be fair, but like I did feel like if you played it two or three times, you saw more of the different branches, and that was good. There was a lot more information I got in the second and third playthrough that really um, put more light on the story and kind of filled in some things, which, which I thought was good. Uh, but I think a few more few more choices would have been good, a few, little bit more branching. But overall, I thought this was a really fun one. I, I It connected with me. I thought the performances were good. I liked the characters. Right. I liked the traps and the booby traps and uh, the fights and everything. So taking it as a lighter, lighter, kind of breezy, fun sort of adventure, it, it worked for me. I thought it was good. I see some reviews and a lot are like around the six and sevens, which again, for FMV, I don't want to like say that because it's like limiting, but uh, that means it's, you know, it's, it's good and people can have fun with it. I think I just didn't, but it's fine. All right. There we go. Split decision on Mia and the dragon princess. Uh, So what do we got left? We have, let's talk about Trinity trigger real quick. Trinity trigger. I don't know anything about this one, but you were excited to play this one. We got you a code from the publisher. So thank you very much to the publisher. Mm -hmm. Um, Tell me about Trinity trigger. I know literally nothing. Yeah. It's crazy. It was like, I think it still is $50. It's like an action RPG. Uh, People say like um, secret of mana and that kind of stuff. It's, you know, that, that view of like three quarters view or whatever. Yeah. Pixelated characters. Um, Fight. It's not polygon. You know, it's like, yeah. Uh, Secret of Mana or whatever. Like sprites um, or something, yeah. Sprites and action RPG. Uh, it reminded me a lot if you've played Cat Quest. Do you remember Cat Quest? Cat Quest. Yeah, I did play Cat Quest. Yes. I loved it. And a lot of that mechanic of that game is hit things and then roll out of the way. Um, and I like a dodge roll, but it's a lot of that. Like Cat Quest is mainly that. 
Um, that's what this game is mainly. You have many characters. Uh, I'll tell you what the game is in a second here, but the combat itself is an action RPG, but it's really mm-hmm. about like hit things, do a couple special moves, and then get out of the way. Okay. Um, and it's that thing where like the enemies sometimes will show you like a red line where they're going. You oh, know, sure. Kind of thing. Give you a chance to get out of the way. Yeah. So it, it's just a comfort food RPG is why I wanted to play it, and that's what it, it ends up being. Um, and so, yeah, you play as... Um, you have many characters you can control. It's that style of game where I think you might have up to four, but right now I have three. And once you have all of them, you can cycle between them in the middle of combat, action combat. I will generally try to play only one character. I like that. But in this one, each uh, character have, has multiple weapons. Sometimes there's those little blocks where you have to have a bow to break the block. Or there's a block that says you have to have an axe to break this block. Mm-hmm, so they mm-hmm. kind of make you choose different characters sometimes, you know, for puzzles. Gotcha. Um, I'm not a big fan of that, but it happens. And I just go back to the character I like, you know. Uh, and then, you know, certain weapons do certain types of damage against enemies, blah, blah, blah. But it's pretty straightforward. It's like the most basic, like, action RPG ever. It feels like Cat Quest and the fact that Cat Quest was also kind of like go do mission get rewards, do side mission, get rewards, run around, level up, that's it. And in my world, Carlos's world, that's all I need sometimes. Okay. I just, I love that. So, spoiler, I enjoy this game. Like, it's it's fun. There's one big but, and, uh, and I will not lie, but, <laughs> and here's the big but, okay? So that's generally what it is. And I can go into a little bit more of the story, but the story is that kind of thing where, it's not too important and it's not supposed to be. It's just kind of like you going after some magic crystals or something. Well, no, you're, there is many different storylines, but you're helping the gods, you know, there's an internal war. Is it like a very JRPG sort of story? It's JRPG ish. It's actually more Western at times, but oh, by the way, oh, you also have a uh, Pokemon with you, like these little creatures uh-huh. and they turn into weapons, but it doesn't really look like that. They just, mainly are there for the cutscenes to look cute. Mm. And then in the in the combat you have other abilities now, but they're supposedly they're the Pokemon who are doing that. You know? They're not Pokemon, but you know. Like are you equipping them? Yeah, we already over like you have a sword and now I'm at little Flom who's like a little Pokemon and now I can do a different move. Okay. But it's that's it. You know, it's like it's just a story device. Gotcha. Uh, okay. But every little hero you meet has these little Pokemon with them. So uh, trademark, not Pokemon. And so that's the other kind of interesting element. The big but um, is that, and you know, there's many biomes in the sand world, the winter world. I mean, it's so paint by numbers. But again, I like that. Like, I'm like, I just want to level up and just, it's fine. Mm-hmm. There's also Pokemon. So at that all aside, that's it. Pretty straightforward. The problem is when you beat bosses, mm-hmm. um, there's a positive and negative. The positive is if you lose for some reason, they start you right there, and it's pretty cool. I think I think the enemy, I think the boss still has its its same uh, hit points you got it down to too. So it's like oh, so like you just cumulatively eventually wear the boss down. Yeah, I think so. Um, I've I think I've beaten all of them so far. So, but I've heard that in reviews. Here's the but: every boss has a shield that takes a long time to to break down. It's like the size of their health bar. The same okay. exact size. So like, okay, gotcha. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. And then you got to break that down first. And then once you do, you can hit it. It's real health, 
but only a limited time. Then the shield comes back. And you got to get through the whole shield again? Yes. Oh, dude. I have no idea why this was a a gameplay mechanic. And then on top of that, this is kind of a combination, but is that you have stamina for your uh, attacks. Yeah. Which I never like. So, but the problem is, if you run out of stamina, it's a little wheel that you can see going down when you when you attack, kind uh-huh. of thing. Uh-huh. If you're at zero stamina and you attack, it does like one damage. Uh, so it's not even real attack. So what I have to do for a boss, and in, in a real world situation, you're fighting little monsters, it doesn't come up too much, right? Because you go attack, attack, roll, your stamina comes back. But in a boss, you're trying to hit this guy a ton, right? Yeah. Because you're beating a shield, but you have to go hit, hit, wait. Wait for the stamina re- yeah, to replenish. Yeah, yeah. And then, hit, hit, uh, roll, wait. So it just like drags the whole thing it out. It drags everything down. Like the whole, that combo is fucked. Like developers, if you're listening, I like a lot about your game and I like, it's totally relaxing and it made me have comfort food and I'm still playing it. I'm not, I haven't like quit it over this, but there's no reason for this. There's no reason for that to be in the game. It doesn't make anything better. If the shield was there originally, fine. Give every boss a shield. I beat it. And now let me fight the fucking boss, you know? Yeah. Um, but because you built the stamina system the way that you did, there's no reason for that shield to come back. And it's every boss. That sounds incredibly tedious to me. It really is. And it's disconcerting because like, I enjoy the puzzles and the weird kind of simplified world. And there's a bunch of side stories. And the art, by the way, in, in the cutscenes, you know, those little pop-up. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. Um, so there's so much to like about it. And it's multiplayer, by the way. So couch co-op, you know, action RPG. Uh, I'm sure with like, you know, a partner or something or a friend, it'd be really fun. Um, so there's a lot to like here. It's really simple too, but that boss thing's fucked. That sounds terrible. So are you, did you finish it? Are you going to finish it? Or no, how are you? I'm about, uh, I think I looked up on the walkthroughs. That's how I look up if I'm... <laughs> Uh, sure, far in the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'm halfway through because I've just kind of been heads down on it for a while. So I probably will finish it. Um, it de- depending on whatever boss I get to and I get mad. But yeah, there's where it is. I think it's pretty good. All right. Well, pretty good with one big butt. And I yeah. guess if you can get through that, then it's probably going to be a pretty good venture. So does this seem like a recommend to you? Yeah, I think it's still recommend. It's, Seems like a recommend. It's such a comfort food kind of RPG that I just kind of go back to it all the time. It's really relaxing. All right, right on, right on. Excellent. Okay, um, I think we only have um, Star Wars left, Star Wars Jedi Survivor. But before we do that, I want to just really quickly tangent. I'm also doing a time check. We've got about 40 minutes here, so we've got time. Uh, You convinced me to give a second attempt to Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Right, that's a great way to start this off. Yes. Um, so you were pretty high on it, and I had played it before, and I bounced because I got so sick. Honestly, it was just the level design was the biggest thing, and I don't really say that too often because that's not usually the biggest problem for me, but the level design was so terrible. And uh, in a nutshell, if you haven't played Fallen Order, I'm sure a lot of people are talking about it right now, but um, you play Cal Kestis, the uh, Jedi who was in hiding, didn't completely become a Jedi before the Empire took over. You take him on his adventure to reclaim his Jedi powers and, you know, put the universe right, blah, blah, blah. Um, so the problem with this is, like, they they were going for kind of a Dark Souls thing. Like, clearly they like the Dark Souls open world where you explore... You find shortcuts. The shortcuts take you back to where you were and you kind of walk around the world like that works for some games that works for Dark Souls because from 
are masters at doing that. They not only think anybody does that better than FromSoft does, I don't think anybody would argue with that. But that not everybody's FromSoft, right? Like not everybody can do that. And the problem I had with Fallen Order was you have these giant levels and you go to do your objective, you get through jumps and platforming and swinging on vines and whatever, whatever. You get to where you're going, you do your thing, you find the doodad, you kill the guy, whatever. And then you got to walk back. And it's just like the biggest yes. fucking, it's so tedious, dude. It kills. Oh, my, it kills my spirit so hard to just think about like, okay, now I got to walk all the way back. And sometimes things happen on the way back. I, I admit sometimes there's little events that, that spice it up. But all I want to do is fast travel back to my ship and get on with the next objective. That's all I want to do. Yeah. And clearly they realize that because you said it's different in um, in Survivor, which we'll get to in a second. But like last night, like okay, so I'm almost done with the game. I I'm in mainlining. It took your advice. I'm just mainlining. I'm not I'm not exploring anything. Yes, don't explore shit in that. Yeah, game. I'm not exploring anything because no, there's no reason to. Ninety nine percent of the time, you get a cosmetic color for a suit, and I couldn't care less about it. I don't care about BD one's colors. I don't care about my ship's colors. I don't care about Cal's poncho color. Yeah. It's like that's that's the only bonuses they ever thought of to put in this game, and that's garbage. It's well, garbage pickups. Let me put right. an asterisk there next to that because um, I don't know why I put an asterisk, by the way. Let me just talk about something uh, related to that. In Survivor, which because I'm not going to talk about this in the main part of it, it, they do the same thing, and you would think they would have changed it by now. But the, it's the same thing. Like tons of those chests are just like haircuts, just com- and uh, clothing. Just and I was stuff? like, "Oh, I'm ah, not." So I'm gross. mainlining Survivor now because of that exact same thing. Like I got my look. I don't want to change it, and I don't want to mull it. So I'm not going for those side things. So yeah. So that's a problem, right? So that's one of my problems. Is like all the pickups are garbage because I don't care about the color. You get a pink poncho. You get a slightly more pink poncho. You get a yellow poncho. Slightly more yellow poncho. I, I seriously don't care. It feels like an insult. So I'm not exploring anything. Um, I hate the combat. I was playing uh, um, last night, and I was in the Dathomir level, which is like the evil planet where the where the Darth Maul guys live. I don't know what their their race mm-hmm. is called, but those guys. I went through the whole level once because you go you go back to each level a couple times. I went through the level once. Tons of platforms, swinging on things, climbing things. I'm like, okay, this is like this feels like a lot. Feels like it's too long. I finally get to the thing. You get there, and it's like, oh snap. I can't open this locked door. I need to go on a spiritual journey first. And I'm like, fuck, okay, whatever. You go on the spiritual journey, which was really boring. And then you come back to Dathomir to get ready to open the door and you got to get back to it. And I'm like, no, I I just want to fast travel to the door where I got stuck. I don't want to go through the whole fucking level again. Yeah. Shortcuts or not. It's still too long. And I swear to God, like I just, I crumbled, dude. I was like, I don't know if I got it in me. I don't know if I can do it. (laughs) Yes, I felt that. I'm so close, and I'm like, I can't do this again. I can't go through this level again. I don't want to do that. And you look at the map, and the map looks like it's 95 miles, dude. And I'm yes. like, oh, my God. So I, I I had to put it down. I took a break. I will finish it because I feel like I'm really, really close. Like, how close is that when you when you get your crystal and you go back to Dathomir the second time? That's close to the end, right? I know. It's You asked me the other night, and I can't remember because I used the walkthroughs to like see where I'm at. I mean, and you just now, finished it like two weeks ago. I know, but you? I'm playing Survivor so much now that I... They're all bleeding together. So mm. I think you're like an hour and a half or two away. I've got to be close, dude, because I've got I've got Cal's got all his powers back. He's he's made emotional peace with himself. He's got the new lightsaber. I, I don't know what else there is to do. Like, I feel like this has got to be building up. So I'm going to keep pushing on. But boy, I've wanted to put this game down so many times because there's so many sh- so many things about it that are just dumb. 
Yeah. Um, I will also say the combat is terrible in this game. It's really bad combat. I'm interested to hear what you say about Survivor, but they clearly want to do Dark Souls combat, but they don't. They do not understand what makes Dark Souls combat good. It's perfectly obvious they don't understand it um, because everything's a fucking parry in this game, which is dumb. Yep. But also, beside that, they don't understand the movement and the spacing of combat. Like, I've played every fucking Dark Souls game, and I know what these games are and how they work. And, like, when you go with Cal, you, you come into a, uh, an encounter. And, again, this is a side note, not nearly enough different uh, enemy variety. It's boring to fight Stormtrooper. In the first game, yes. Oh, my God. Okay. So, like, you get into a room. You get those fucking stupid stun baton troopers, which are, like, the main guy you fight for the entire most of the game. What happens is you can't get to them. They back up too fast, and so you, you, your offensive uh, choices are taken away unless you use the power, which uses up your force power, to dash forward. If you don't use the force power, you can't really catch them because they back up too much. Wait, you can so, pull them, though, right? Sure, yeah, you can yep. do force powers and stuff. So, like, if you're doing force powers, great, but if you run out of force, and I find that I run out of force a lot because I'm always doing the force power because I don't really like the base combat, right? So, like... The special, uh, the heavy attack takes force power. The pull takes force power. The push takes force power. The jump takes force power. Everything that's cool takes force power, and I run out of it too quickly. And so that's fucking annoying to me uh, because I end up having to do just like the basic attacks while my force recharges because it's like it's like a stamina meter, basically. So like everybody backs up too far, so you can't really do anything except for wait for them to attack you, and then you parry. That's like the main interaction of combat in this game, is waiting for somebody to attack you so you can parry. Yes, that's Which 100%. is so passive, it's so passive and so boring and so dull, because you end up doing parry, and then attack, and then wait for them, parry, and attack, because you can't press the offense. Um, there's the, the encounter's not set up right, the enemies don't move right, the spacing between enemies is not right, and so like, they want, the, it's like the developers know what Dark Souls combat looks like, and they kind of have a vague idea about it, but they are 1,000% not on track with what it feels like, and it's, it's wrong in this game. Yeah. Can so, I put... Okay, here's another ahead, side, side thing. Go ahead. I agree with all that, and the idea of um, waiting for to defend is like nails on a chalkboard. Yeah, as, as, your main, as your main interaction, that's your main. that sucks. Yes, and yes. it's 100%. Now, this is kind of just a dual review because we're bringing up two things. And Survivor, that's still there... But two things. One, the easy, easy mode, because there's a story mode in both, but the sure. story mode in this one is even more easy. Okay. I remember I remember them saying that in the developer interview. Well, and it should be. Right. I mean, lightsaber should kill fuckers in one hit, dude. Right. Like, that's, that's real talk. What they did is they basically... But, but even with that, to your point, they still don't get it right, because if you look at the options in easy, easy mode and survivor... The parry window is all the way to the max, which means biggest, you can... The biggest parry. You have window. the best parry. And the damage that enemies do to you is like the lowest. Right. But that's not how you really do it. Like for me, cause I'm playing, I don't want to feel like I'm getting like, I have baby, whatever, baby guard, the, the baby bumpers on everything, baby bumpers and everything. Cause that's what it feels like when an enemy hits me now, if, if I'm back, by the way, I'm playing a normal right now on survive on survivor. But if I did switch it down to easy, easy mode, it, it drops those damage down so little that you're like, oh, this is not even any they're like chipping, pix- they're chipping pixels off you. Yeah, basically. pixels. Yeah. So that's broken too, right? That's not. That's like you said. Like they kind of get what they want to do, but that's not how you adjust it. You know, that's yeah. that's not yeah. how you adjust it. So, but I agree with you that the pairings there. I will say this in Survivor, even though you are still, that's kind of a thing. You have more um, capabilities to attack as the, an offensive. Right. Like I'm yeah. almost always running, jump attacking. 
uh, spinning and then doing this other special move I do. Yeah. Like first, and then I'm getting damage on the enemy. You know. I mean, that sounds great. I, I, what I want to do is I want to be more aggressive. I want to go through enemies faster. I want to have more offensive choices. But it feels like. I mean, if you have force meter, then you can do some certain things. But like if you're out of force meter and I feel like I'm out of force all the time right. because I use it all the time, um, then it feels like I'm constantly on the back foot and I'm just like, it just doesn't feel good. So like, I'll wrap this up in a second. We'll get on strive in a minute here. But like, I, I totally understand why I stopped playing this game and I, I want to stop it again because this is not a good feeling game. Pickups are crap. Level design is garbage combat design is garbage um so all those things put together are really miserable play experience the puzzles don't even get me started on those puzzles the I puzzle the hate, puzzle i hate actively hate all the puzzles and when i got to the puzzle in the late game where you need to pull the power cord and turn on the lights and oh. focus the light through a fucking crystal i almost quit i almost deleted it off my fucking hard drive right there dude i was like i'm s- I had to you look that one be. up too. That was bullshit. I had to look it up too because I didn't understand. I didn't even understand what's going on. Signposting in this game is atrocious. It is atrocious, which is weird because Respawn is a great developer. I have respect for them. I love the Titanfall games. I know they know what they're doing, except for they don't. And I don't understand why the signposting is so bad. And what I mean by that is I don't know where to go ever. And I t- if it wasn't for the 3D map that shows you green to go here orange to explore here and red to not go here those things show up on your mini map if it wasn't for the mini map this game would be unplayable to me i wouldn't even know where to go so i don't understand why the signposting is so bad so all that stuff's terrible but i will say um now that i've i've i'm almost to the end of the game i think cal is a fun character i know that he got a lot of shit for being random white guy which you know fair but now that i've spent some time with him i think he's okay i'm looking forward to more development but i like his crew he, he flies with... Uh, Grease. He's one Grease. of my favorites. Grease is a really good character. Grease is awesome. And I forget the other lady's name, the black lady he's with. I forget her name. It's, it's like Esme Se- or something uh, like that. Seer. No. Seer. Seer, that's what Seer, yeah. Yeah, and she's okay. I'm looking forward to some more development there. But the crew is good, and it's weird because you talk to them, but you don't have anything to say. And now that I'm at the very end of the game, like literally I'm almost done, I'm starting to get dialogue options. And I'm like, where were the dialogue options? 10 hours ago bro why was i not doing dialogue options the whole time because that makes you connect to the crew makes you feel like you're having more of a mass effect sort of a thing they didn't figure that out until almost the end of the game and i'm like okay that's weird you guys didn't think i wanted to say anything back okay that's strange but i like the crew i like the feeling of coming back to the mantis which is your ship i think the mantis is a fucking cool ship i think that ship looks amazing it's really cool and i love the crew i love the semi vaguely kind of sort of mass effecty feel of coming back to the ship kind of like you would come back to the normandy in mass effect i like that um overall i don't have a lot of love for this game but i i am playing it i'm going to finish it and i'm looking forward to seeing how they improved in survivor because everybody says it's improved i'm looking forward to that and i do like a star wars game i do like star wars in general yeah so i i want more of this but man it's the, the mistakes they made in fallen order really strange to me a lot of like really obvious stuff that other people were not making like not the same mistakes and this is kind of like this is discovered territory they're not pushing boundaries on anything here and so it's weird to me that they stumbled so hard on it yeah i would say that um i agree with most of that i would say the thing that brought me through and that's bringing me through to survivor as well is those cinematics and the characters and the star warsiness of it all right it's got a good feel to it like does, it does feel good. star warsy for sure yeah, yeah. and i mean yeah. like but we didn't even talk about that mission that happens in fallen order where you're in the the big ship and you're 
just controlling a ship like first person, remember? Oh yeah, yeah. You're uh, in like in the walker. AT walker, like, yeah, 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 yeah. That's pretty cool. And like there's definitely Star Wars moments for sure. Yeah. And Forrest Whitaker's in it, and there's just like you know a lot of really good acting. You know, like, yeah. We didn't bring this up, but um, uh, Seer is that her name? I think Seer. Seer, I think yeah. It's Seer. Uh, is Deborah Wilson, and I always remember her because she was from Mad TV. Oh yeah, she's a great actress. Yeah, it kind of looks like her too. Yeah. It does. Yeah. Oh yeah, they did like a whole like motion capture. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you know, and everyone's just believable. I love Grease. And being back in Survivor, which I'll pivot to now, it's just it's it's similar to that Mass Effect thing as well. Because when I played the Enhanced Edition trilogy, remember I told you I went from one game to the next game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what this is like. It's just really fun to be able to continue with the crew. It's years later or whatever months or years later, and people are all in different places, and you're trying to like reconnect with them. So there's so much like glue with acting and story and Star Warsness. That's really what pushes me through these games. Yeah, yeah. Because I agree. some of the stuff that you're bothered by is still back in Survivor, but I would say there's enough quality of life stuff that makes it better. I mean, that's good to hear because I think it's cool. I, I I do support like having another franchise that's not based on the same characters, you know, Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker and stuff. Like, let's leave. I mean, the Star Wars universe is so large. I mean, that's one reason why I like The Mandalorian, or I, I used to like it so much, is because it, it seemed like its own thing. Like, yes. you can exist in the Star Wars universe, never meet Luke Skywalker your entire life, and still have cool adventures and do cool things. Like, that's what I'm kind of into. And Cal seems to check that box. And so, I'm glad... It, I mean, ultimately, despite the fact that I really don't like playing this game, I'm glad I came back to it, because I do like the IP-ness of it, like the concept of it, the characters, like you said, the Star Wars-iness of it. And I'll play Survivor when I get to it, so I'm glad that I'll have the backstory there, but... Man, I kind of wish they would just like tighten up certain things. But, you know, whatever. They're already on the sequel. I'm sure they're already working on a third one, too. Maybe they'll take more feedback. But let's talk about Survivor now. So we we pick it up with Cal Kestis. It's a couple years later or whatever. It's it's, it's after the first game. Uh, so tell me, I guess, do you want to start with like the, the story or do you want to start with like the mechanical improvements or what do you want to start with? I don't want to ever talk about the story in this in this quick mini review because that's the fun of it. Like, I think what you just said is the gold that is this franchise is that this is like Mandalorian, the game. And I don't think, you know, you don't have to be the Mandalorian. You could just be Cal, but he fits that role where he's kind of like this traveling guy and he's meeting all these characters and all these like little stories take yeah. place within the, yeah. with the universe. Yeah. And by the way, there's some really good act, new actors and new characters in the Survivor. Again, I don't want to say anything about the story, just the fact that, because minor, like the spoiler is the story bits, I think. Like that's you know, what's magic. I'm, I'm hearing you talk about this, and what I'm realizing, I, I guess this is probably obvious, probably to everybody except for me, is that as I'm playing Jedi Fallen Order and I'm listening to you talk to Survivor, what I really want is that I want them to do literally Mass Effect, but with Cal Kestis and Star Wars and stuff. Like I want right. to have more side quests. I want to have more characters. Yeah. What was the name of that fucking um, Star Wars RPG that Bioware did? What was called um, Knights of the Old Republic? Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah. Yes, that was a great game. I want them to do that. Yep. But with Cal Kestis and the Mantis and all that stuff. So I think that's what I really want here. I'll say this is a minor spoiler, but it would get people to probably play it, I think, because I didn't know this was a thing. And people like this in games. But there's like a love interest in this version, Mm -hmm. in this story. And the first one, it's just about like surviving, you know, ironic. This one's called Survivor. But like there's people that you meet at the end of. Uh, Fallen Order, which I definitely can't say to you because okay. I think that you still haven't met some people. Not quite there yet. Um, but there's some people that you meet soon at the end of Fallen Order that be, that pick up right at the beginning of Survivor. Okay. Um, and then there's just other people in the world that you meet. And so there's this moment that happens where like Cal might have like, you know, 
and interest. And just the same thing that you said though, there's enough, there's not enough choice and there's not enough side missions where you feel like you're making those choices within the side yeah. missions, but there's just, there is that kind of agency of like, um, agency is the wrong word, but you just feel like connected to these characters yeah. and what's happening with them. So, um, and then like, I th- think I said last episode, there is one scene kind of a set piece that I've never experienced in any game before that's in Survivor that's so exhilarating. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like worth the price of admission. It's like, wow. <laughs> a video game was able to pull that scene off. It was really, really fun. Um, I'm going on a journey. You're making me go on a journey here, dude, because when I started Fallen Order the second time, it comes off like it wants to be Dark Souls. And I'm like, well, you know what? It would be better if it was Uncharted because I don't like the baggage that it's coming with. But now that we're talking about it, I don't really want it to be Uncharted. I want it to be Mass Effect. And so I know, I, I know. I've gone on this. I've gone from A to B to C. And I, what I really want is I want it to be Mass Effect, but with but with Star Wars. And it's not. And, and it's not. And here's my other negative. Uh, there's a couple of cons here. In general, I enjoy Survivor a lot. I'm going to beat it. I'm like nine or ten hours in. I think this game is like 18 hour game. Oh shit, dude. You know, maybe 20. So it is that kind of frustrating thing where I wish it was a little shorter because I've had a great time with it, but it's, it's pretty long in the tooth right now. But so I like it. Everything it does better. Here's the other pros is that fast travel is a thing where any of the little bonfires that you go to. Yes. Um, let's, you know, call it what it is. Yes. They are fast travel points. Thank I I am desperate for that in fallen order. I am desperate for that. You're not going to get it. I know. Um, finish with with earnest and try, but um, <laughs> yeah, and and that really makes a, a game changer um, because the maps are pretty freaking huge. Um, the other pro is that when it when it's working and it's not dropping frames, it's one of the most beautiful things I've seen on my PlayStation. Yeah, I you mean, like that. fucking yeah, breathtaking. Yeah. yeah, but then in that mode, which is the per, uh, quality mode, it will fucking chug even on my console, you know. So hopefully updates for the PC and the um, the console will fix yeah. that. Yeah. But that is unfortunate because, like you said, I've just been playing in performance right now Yeah. because I can't even deal, you know. It, no, it gets pretty rough. It's got to be performance. It's got to be. So yeah. what I do is I do performance, and this is weird, but when I get to a place where I know I'm just going to be walking around for a while, I switch you it You switch back. it back to quality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's amazing because, again, I'm, like, wowed by the graphics. And then I go, okay, we, we're going to do some combat now. And then again, like I said, the other pro That's is... That's sad. That's sad that you have to do that. I that, know. that sucks. This is the world we live in. Oh, um, God. Temporary, by the way. It'll, it'll be fixed at some point. And uh, then when I do the uh, combat, I have more options. I just have more options. To, something to make you feel really good. You just kept talking about not having enough force points. Ugh, so tired of it. So what they did in this skill tree is they allowed you to really truly play it like you want a, a bit more where there's a force like skill tree, just force. Mm-hmm. So if you want, you could just focus on that and getting more of that. And then you probably would never have that problem again. But I don't even care about the force, weirdly enough, in a Star Wars game. I just, am, you know, a melee guy, right? So I. But spent, if you've got cool stuff to do in melee and you don't need the force, that's that's fine too. I, I mean, do, the only I do. I'm so, yeah force dependent is because all the fucking cool powers need the force well then okay yeah if you don't want to even do that you don't need it in this game because i haven't touched my force skill tree i'm 10 hours in i think i have one thing unlocked okay because all i'm doing is i pick survival skill tree which is like health right Uh and like you can survive things you could dodge more blah blah blah. special dodge which looks really cool and then a million new attacks 
Okay. So I'm like doing all these fucking cool ass attacks, and it and when it, the parry window's like like high like it is, it feels fun. Sure. Like I'm like, oh my goodness, this is the most fun, which is the exact opposite in Fallen Order that I had in a, in a Star Wars duel. Like it feels like super exciting. Yeah. Um, and I'm attacking first, and then I'm dodging and parrying. So I think just it opens it up more. The the con obviously is the fact of the performance of it. Um, and then what was the other con? Oh, the climbing. While it just doesn't need to be as uncharted as it is. Like there's eight million climb to dodge to wall run to wall run yeah, to wild thing. Yeah. And it, they'll do it like in succession. And they're very good about if you fail, putting you right back where you were. I mean, not many games will do that, right? Um, like literally like the cliff you fell off of, you know? Yeah, yeah. So they're very good and forgiving. But it's annoying as fuck that he would have to do that in all these worlds. That's <laughs> funny. It's funny you say that, dude. Because when I got to the the Jedi Temple in Fallen Order, uh, this is the temple where every Jedi goes to get their crystal for their lightsaber. I guess it's. I guess if you know Star Wars lore, it's a thing. I don't know Star Wars lore that much, but anyway, Cal's like, "Oh yeah, we came here as kids," and I'm like, "Really, really? <laughs> you came here as a fucking kid because I had to climb up." Uh, icy wall with the special climbing claws that I just got in the last level. Yeah. And then I had to go through this fucking giant leap and we're inside the cave and you're telling me that Master Yoda melted the fucking, he used the crystal and sun puzzle to melt the door? Really? Because if you're telling me this is a fucking Jedi temple, I expect it to be a fucking temple where kids can show up. You're telling me you had a fucking field trip into like the jaws of hell and like I, you wouldn't even be able to fucking get through this because you didn't have the power-ups that i just got that doesn't make any sense that he would like run and jump so like they need to dial it back with some of that shit like i get that it's uncharted exciting but sometimes it doesn't make sense so i'm with well, you it just needs to be what you said it just needs to be a fun adventure game or like an rpg game where you really are doing side missions but it's just yeah it's trying to be dark souls with uncharted and it doesn't need to be either of those games yeah it could um, be its own thing but what pushes it along and why i'm still playing it is because the, the production of it is amazing. You know, the yeah. voice acting is amazing. The characters are amazing. And the story bits are really fucking good. So it's it's definitely a double-edged sword for me on this game. I'm 100% going to finish it. But it's like, yeah, I don't know. If they make a trilogy, it'd be fun if they just lean into none of those things in the next game. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I feel like there is a lot of potential here. And I agree with you. I feel like it doesn't need to be either one of those things. I feel like they are actually holding themselves back by not doing their own thing. So, okay, as a counterpoint, Respawn, great developers. Like I said earlier at the beginning of the segment, I have respect for them. I love, I've played their other games. Let's look at Titanfall 2, for example. Titanfall 2, they did their own thing when it came to like level design and progression through the level and some of the cutscenes and stuff. Everybody loved that fucking game. Everybody thought that was like one of the best action platformers to come out in like years and everybody thought it was great it was definitely in everybody's top 10 because they like did stuff that no other people were doing they incorporated some time travel they incorporated uh bd i think his name was i think bt bt Mm -hmm. the robot that you had they went back and forth they like capitalized on their strengths and everything right so like by setting out to do what they wanted to do in their own vision that was an incredible game i don't think anybody would argue that but like i feel like they are so tied up with trying to be another game here that they are not maximizing the good stuff that they actually bring. Like they're not leaning into Cal's adventure. They're not leaning into like the star Warsy world that we're doing like a lot of like the wall run and the platforming and the swinging stuff. And like, you know, like the, we're doing stuff where like, like we just summed it up dark souls plus uncharted, where I feel like this game could be more than that or could be its own thing, but they're just, they're not, they're, they're limiting themselves by, by not focusing on something that's outside of those parameters. Yeah. You know what I mean, well, yeah. here's the thing the the good news is I have a feeling 
they're moving in that direction and that our third game, and I, I know they're going to make it this a trilogy. Oh, you know they're going to do yeah. it. You know. Um, it's going to be worth it because I think they are going to just go further down that road uh, of their own thing when it comes to the third game. That's just my prediction. I hope so. I hope so. Because it feels like they're moving that way. And by the way, I, would, I also want to say, this game you can just like relax and go and talk to people. And like I said, I think last time, every little NPC has like a little story and some you yeah. come back to later and they have new stories. So there's still a world to kind of just like fuck around in. You're not just while running everywhere. Right, right. But when it comes to the main <laughs> missions, they set you up in these huge like obstacle courses. That's yeah, what it is. Yeah. I mean, um, if they're listening, dude, like think think Mass Effect, think Witcher, but just stick Cal in that and I would yeah, totally play that done, for 100 done, hours. Done. I think yeah. that's a third third game should be if not and not already is. Uh, and I also say this is kind of a tangent. Um at work, which I work at Twitch, I've been doing a lot of uh, making a lot of video clips of people playing different games, and I'm watching a lot of Apex, mm-hmm. uh, which I've never even jumped into. I knew of its obviously instant rise to fame, yeah, and that it's respawn, right? So yeah, they it is, yeah. they fucking know their action games. So watching enough people play it on streams at work, I just redownloaded it this weekend. Mm. So I'm gonna jump back in. I know it's kind of a scary thing because when you jump into those kind of games they can suck you in uh but i i really do i don't talk about it enough but i really do enjoy being good at first person shooters like there's a couple that i'm like i think fucking great at you know and when you have one that clicks with you that i think that's when you can be great at a game right you it, it makes sense like the combat makes sense sure and just playing through you know fallen order and um survivor i'm like they do. They at times they do some really good shit with combat. So I know it's a weird tangent, but I'm gonna go back to Apex. <laughs> I'm very much looking forward to that because my son plays Apex once in a while. I played it for like a day, and I'm like, okay, this is not my jam. But like the skill ceiling in Apex is like really high, and I man, uh, I'm curious to see what it's well, gonna be like when you jump back. In. Okay, let me let me finish this tangent and say one. There's so much new new stuff that's been added since. We oh played, yeah, right, dude, tons, yeah so many new characters. I just watched the new character they were talking about. And so there's all that, but also watching people play on this competition show we have, it's called kitchen league. Um, and I was like, I can do that. (laughs) (laughs) I seriously, I was seeing people eat shit and I was like, Oh, I bet you I wouldn't eat shit in that situation. Maybe I All should right. play Apex I'm, I'm, I'm going to put it down on the agenda. I'm going to put down, put it down. Ask Carlos about Apex. Where's my thing? Next Here's. week, it's either like, I, oh my goodness, I'm, you know, really am good at this, or I'm like, I'm, I've I deleted the game. I my my money is on you deleted the game. Oh wait, let's make I, a bet. You do you, you don't do betting, do you? I didn't do bet. I'll just yeah. we'll just do a gentleman's bet. Gentleman's bet. bet anything. I I bet that if you go back into Apex right now, I bet people have been playing it. The people who are it's like jumping into Fortnite if you never played Fortnite. You get headshotted every five seconds because you know what oh. you're doing, and everybody is so used to it. I bet the I bet the learning curve on Apex right now is real fucking hard. Right to finish now. a gentleman's bet, I bet that I'm gonna be okay and like like it, right? The uh and buy the battle pass. Here's the the asterisk for you <laughs> is because I've been watching it on at work. Uh-huh. Um, they added this whole practice section uh-huh. that wasn't there before. Okay. And by the way, this is a shout out to Apex. I'm not getting paid for this, but. The practice section is not only just like a cool arena you can go in with your friends or whatever, but there's actually uh, buildings now. So you can like fuck around with like going inside a door and going outside a door. I know that sounds like simple, but they haven't had that before. And so the arena isn't just like a big ass arena where you're just, you know, running and headshotting. It's like you can practice being in buildings right, and like right. fuck around. So I feel like 
because that's in the game, I'm just going to go fuck around there for a while. You know what I mean? All just right. get good by myself. We will find out. We'll circle back. Let's. I feel like it's it's a big ask. I feel like you got to be pretty dedicated to get into Apex oh, at this point. Dude, now I'm mad. I'm going to fucking be. I mean, you're going to do it just to spite me now. You're going to be like, I oh, am. yeah, I got to the top of the league. I won it four times in a row. I, I'm sure you're going to say that. Hey, but. remember I went to Fortnite, which I put off for so long. You did. And you won. You did. Second or third game, I won as single player. Which is which is quite an achievement. Come Absolutely. on. Come on. All we'll right. see what happens. We'll come back to it. All right. We've got 19 it. minutes left. We're That's done. it for the show. We do have a couple of things to mention here on the last uh, one last thing before we go section. Anything you got, Carlos, before just we go? Two things real quick. One, Black Knight. It's on Netflix now. Oh, dude, I was just looking at that. Is okay. it good? It seems pretty good. I don't know if it's like great, but I've just only watched half of the pilot. Okay. Black and the Knight with K-N-I-G-H-T. You play as a delivery man. No, no, it's, it's not a game. It's a TV show. Did I say game? You said you see it. You play as a man, but you don't play as anybody. You just watch it, right? Oh, I did. did that's interesting. <laughs> that is interesting. You don't play as anybody, folks. You, you just don't. watch this. It's a TV show. It's not interactive. No, you're watching a show. the The guy, the main character, is a delivery man, which reminds me of uh, Death Stranding. Death Stranding. So there's that element to it, and there's post apocalyptic dystopia. It seems well, uh, you know, acted and action. So is it from Japan? Where's it from? Oh, I forgot. I want to say Korea. Maybe Korea. Yeah, there's a lot of Korean stuff on Netflix right now, and a lot of it's really good. I dig a lot of that stuff. Um, anyways, it's very. I think it's very good. I, don't, I mean, at least from. I'm the gonna pilot. watch it today. I'm gonna watch it today. Okay, and then also, um, oh no, I just wrote down. Remember to tell people about the A Lot of Things podcast. I have that back. Go check it out. Go check it out. Anything else? That's it. All right. Um, what am I doing right now? I started watching um, Silverhawks with my kid. Do you have? Have you ever seen Silverhawks? No, nope. uh, Carlos. Never. Oh, never. Mm-mm. Oh, okay. So this is from the 80s. It is the same time period as like Thundercats and Transformers and G.I. Joe. Same neighborhood. For some reason, it wasn't in certain markets. I have talked to many people who like it just was never around when they were a kid. And so they never saw it or never heard of it. Uh, But there was a toy line. It wasn't a very successful toy line, but it was from Rankin Bass Productions. Uh, They are animators in America. Are you familiar with Rankin Bass at all? Mm -mm. Oh, man. I they gave me nightmares honestly because something about their art style is extremely distinctive and something about the way that they draw their bad guys just creeped me the fuck out when I was a kid like literal nightmares dude like they did a production of uh the hobbit um that was animated and it was so creepy and gross and scary like it hurt my stomach to watch it and i just i still i still cringe when i think about the way that they drew those characters something about it was just really unsettling to me and i just is is scary as fuck mm. Um, but they also did Silverhawks, which I actually do like. Um, it's about a group of cyborgs who get sent out into space to fight bad guys in space. I mean, it's all very light, very thundercatty, very kind of, uh, you know, they're they're not they're not doing any physics or anything. They don't care about breathing in space or anything like that. But it's just a good time. It's got a pretty fucking killer intro. It's one of the best intros of the '80s, I believe. Uh, it's just really, really well done. Gets you hyped up to watch the cartoon and stuff. So I'm, I'm liking um, revisiting Silverhawks, and they did actually just put out a brand new Ultimates toy line. We haven't had toy line uh, of Silverhawks for quite a while, so it's nice to see some high quality figures coming out. So just heads up on that. I think I had uh, a toy, by the way, of it. You might have. You oh, yeah, might have. They I were, mean. yeah, they're real shiny. They were like metallicized. <laughs> you could pull, push their legs, and their wings popped out. I think. Something yeah, like that. I definitely remember those toys now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so Silverhawks is cool. Um, I watched. I finished Reginald the Vampire, which I talked about last week with Jake Jacob Badalon, I think his name is. I'm pretty sure he's mm-hmm. the the guy who was the second fiddle to Spider Man in the Marvel um, Spider Man movies, the recent ones. Um, what's the name of that guy? The who plays Spider Man? 
um, in he, what? The the actor, the British actor, plays Spider Man. He did the uh, Tom Holland. Tom no. Holland, yes, yeah, that's yes, right, yes. Yeah. I always think of Tom Holland as being Spider Man, or the guy who did the lip syncing to Umbrella when he was wearing like the thigh highs and the high heels and stuff. That's what I think oh, of when yeah. I think of Tom Holland. Um, but Jacob was the the best friend in Spider Man with the with, uh, with Tom Holland. And he is a vampire in this. He is a overweight fat vampire uh, that is based on a book called Fat Vampire. Oh, you talked about this last episode? Yeah, and I finished yeah. it. I finished the whole uh, okay. series. So wrapped it up. I think it ended in a good place. Um, I think it didn't quite redeem itself because I think he does some stupid stuff that I wasn't really a big fan of, um, like cheats on his girlfriend and becomes like an asshole for one episode, which is kind of weird. Um, but I think it came back around, and I'm looking forward to the next season. I think it's in production right now. So I will definitely watch the next season uh, for more of that Canadian sci-fi goodness. Um, and then the last thing I want to say is I just watched a movie yesterday, 3,000 Years of Longing from George Miller. Have you seen this? Yes. Wait, I think I have. Is this the one with um, what's her butt? <laughs> yes. It's, Tilda it is Swinton. What, yes, it's Tilda is what I meant. Tilda Swinton. Yeah. And, and the guy's name is, I'm blanking. He was in, um, he was in. It's Pacific Idris. Rim. Idris Elba. Idris Elba, yes. That's and right. this is, it reminds me of, and I don't know if it's the same director, um, that one series, oh my goodness, about the gods. Is it called Gods? Uh, no, I think it's a different director. This is the director of Mad Max, George Miller. Oh, okay. I mean, so. I've been wanting to see it. Do you like it? Did it Was it good? It was really good. It was really good. Um, it was not, I don't know what I was expecting. I think both my wife and I were kind of a little bit surprised by what it was, but I think we both really liked it. The The premise of this is, again, the director of Mad Max, George Miller. So keep that in mind. Um, it's a woman who is an intellectual. She's kind of like a booky reader, lonely woman type person. She finds a bottle and has a genie inside the bottle. And so she unleashes the genie. And because she is so well read, um, she knows about like how easily wishes can go wrong. Right. The monkey's paw aspect of a wish. Mm-hmm. And so she's very hesitant to make any wishes because she doesn't want to get like the whole oh, I wish for, you know, money, but it was stolen money and I went to prison or I wish to live forever, but then I was really sick and I was sick in bed for 100 years or, you know, like she doesn't want any of those negative consequences. So she doesn't wish for anything. And what ends up happening is like 90% of the movie is her and the genie played by Idris Elba. And he does a great job with his accent, by the way. Special shout out to his accent. Good job, man. He killed it on that accent. I was, just, mm. I was so impressed. Anyway, they're in a hotel room and they're just talking. They're just talking. He's talking about his 3,000 years of life and what it was like to be in the bottle and like the stuff that he's seen. And she's like listening to the story and kind of like questioning him on the story. And they do these little like um, interludes where he'll like reenact the scene of like being back in, you know, Turkey a thousand years ago and talking with the king of the Ottoman Empire and, you know, the dealings that he had back then in these medieval times and stuff. But mostly it's just about them just talking. They're sitting in bathrobes and kind of just chatting about things. And it's really cool. And it's really... um, sad and it's really romantic and it's really not what it's not like a genie story about wishes it's about just kind of like life a little bit yeah like but the talking story or something yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah yeah and the visuals are like really lush like it's like the colors are so rich it, it totally looks like a george miller film where if you've seen mad max and you're like well what's a genie got to do with mad max well when you see the directorial style you're like oh yeah okay i totally see the choices he makes, the camera shots, the colors he chooses, the way he frames things. You're like, okay, I co- I totally see connection between this and Mad Max. Not like it's a sequel. has nothing to do with that. But just the authorial style is still in there. You, know, yeah. you can kind of tell. But it was really good. It reminded me a lot of something like um, like a Big Fish or like um, The Adventures of Baron Munchausen a little bit where 
you're you're hearing a story told to you by somebody and then you see the stories on screen yeah um pretty cool pretty cool premise i thought it was very good it's definitely slower and kind of romantic so if you're in the mood for something like that maybe give that a shot okay real quick uh these are i know we're running out of time but because you mentioned that one um that black knight is korean and it's okay and someone uh gave a shout out to mad max oh, okay cool all right interesting yeah, ex- excellent, excellent. There. also tilda swinton connection uh, it reminded me, the idea of this movie reminded me of Only Lovers Left Alive. I've heard that? of that. I haven't seen it yet, but it's I heard of it. a brilliant film. And the, okay. one of my favorite soundtracks of all time all right. um, because it's like fucked up and it's, it feels like you're on drugs watching the movie. You don't have to like, or drinking wine a lot, you know, like it's about vampires, uh, like a few vampires that are left and yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. a conversational movie. Like there's some, you know, vampire stuff, but it really is this kind of deep movie so it makes sense that tilda was in it because she's in this movie um i like her a lot so anyways uh, uh, last lovers left alive i wholly recommend that and then i forgot that i ordered uh it, it arrives in two days the world of tomorrow which is uh don uh, hertzfeld who wrote a bunch of like weird little cartoons you might remember one where it's a banana holding a spoon and he goes my spoon's too big or the banana is a different one, and there's the little guy's like my spoon's too big. You don't know. That? I'm gonna look. I I feel like I've seen this, but I have to look it up. It's I'm a little bit hazy. He's got this details. like ha- like weird like uh, squibbly scribbly kind of art style. But anyways, the world of tomorrow is supposed to be amazing and like um, about reality and the fabric of reality. Is it a movie? Yeah, it's a, a it's a movie. It's a, it's a, it's three little movies, short films. Okay. And I found the Blu-ray because it's not available anywhere, and oh, so really? I just okay. straight up ordered the Blu-ray. Uh, to also give Don, you know, some money. Um, so I'm excited for that. Um, All right. I, I don't think I've seen this, but I do know of it, but I haven't seen it. So I'll have to check this out. All yeah. right. Okay. We're done. Excellent. We're done. We're done. We're done. We are done. Let me go back to the uh, the thing here. Okay, great. I think that's it for a show. So I feel like I, I feel like I, this was kind of ramshackle and not up to our usual tight standard. So I, I definitely want to apologize. I'm not apologizing at all. Fuck I will. That. I will. You don't have I'm going to not for apologize me. for you. For me, I feel like I was kind of scattered and I feel like my head wasn't uh, where it should have been. So I apologize if I was not on my, my A game today. But we do the best we can. And we didn't. We always want to deliver a show. Show must go on. Show must go on. Et cetera, et cetera. So, all right, folks. Um, we'll be back stronger next week. Stronger, bigger, larger. Uh, but I for now. It was fine. Send us your questions and comments. Hit us up, Podcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at Games on Instagram at Podcast. Hit us up individually. Carlos, where are we sending your traffic this week? A lot of things podcast. All right. Uh, as for me, I'm on everything right now. Same handle over all the different social media channels. It's my name, B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y, always no O's. And that is going to do it for episode 336. Thank you once again for joining us here on the Soviet Games Podcast, and we'll see you next week. We'll see you next week. Watch. Here's my portable AC turning on. Ah.